1: Merkel
0: Media. Lashback Fridays here on Macroaggressions, taking you back to June 29th, 2021. Education is a weapon. If you want to convert some of your soon-to-be-worthless Federal Reserve notes into tangible assets like gold and silver, or maybe even convert your IRA and 401k, talk to our sponsor, Tony Artiburn over at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Just go to www.macroaggressions.gold. Now please enjoy the show.
1: What does the goddamn line say, Tony? Please do not use gendered language. Then what? I'll be arrested? Put in airport jail? Well, you're going completely sideways, right? It's a big club, and you ain't
0: in it. How dare you? Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States! I'm Chris Hanson with Dave on dc Jack Mary is Tac Theratrix. Hi, I'm Spartacus. Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. Steven Seagal. Sex Offender guy. I'm Keith Morris. This
1: is Moomile Gutavi.
0: I'm Rick James,
1: bitch. Yep. Sorting through the lies. The hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. We cannot track 2.3 trillion dollars in transactions. In uncovering the centuries-long plan for world domination.
0: Learning about Cuba, having some food. Let's talk about Chinese people.
1: Have you ever been in a in a Turkish prison? <laughs> Swingles in Fort
0: jumping off a cliff to german bisexuals oh you english are
1: so superior aren't you
0: thank you comrade
1: and now macroaggressions that's what assholes call it with your host buddy i don't know who you are you're about to get chlamydia charlie robinson
0: hey whitey where's your hat you want to drop the blame on charlie and say it's all charlie's fault he was a retard i get some goddamn diuretic Welcome to Macro Aggressions. I am your host Charlie Robinson. How's everybody feeling out there living in this crazy crazy world that we've got? Thank you all for tuning in and following the show and I encourage you to rate the show. Not like that one guy who hates my guts and called me every name in the book, but you know, if you have good th- <laughs> if you have good things to say, please rate the show, give it 5 stars and do all that stuff and and share it with your friends and family because that's about the only way and we're going to get any help uh, getting these episodes out there. Thank you in advance to my sponsors. C60 Purple Power has been amazing. And Ken Schwartz, uh, Ken the scientist over at C60. He calls his product the Swiss Army Knife of Antioxidants because it helps the body replace four critical antioxidants that decrease... As we age and so c60 is considered a universal antioxidant because it can perform the antioxidant action of these uh of these four critical uh antioxidants so it's uh it's a great product i've been taking it for several months now well close to five months i feel great my skin looks better My, uh, energy level is high. I don't have brain fog. My cat is doing well. I've been pleased. I've been very, very pleased. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful antioxidant, the most powerful one known that that's what they say. And the guys that, that found the C60 molecule that discovered it in the late eighties, won the Nobel prize for it. So there is something there. There is definitely something to this. I feel like we get a lot of, uh, You know, if you're into these sorts of shows, you're going to get access to information that is different from the mainstream. And you're going to have, you're going to hear about products like this that you're not going to hear on the, on the mainstream. So, uh, take a look at c60purplepower.com. Use the promo code macro to save yourself some money. Uh, But I encourage you to just at first, just go to the site and, and read a little bit about it and see what you think. See if it's right for you. Uh, I've had great results with it. I can say that with 100% honesty. So, so please take a look. C60 purplepowercom Uh, if you like cliff high, are you into his stuff? I know I am. He thinks that C60 purple power is the best stuff out there. He says, Ken's making the best batch. That's what he says. So I tend to, um, I tend to listen to cliff. He knows, uh, he knows a lot about a lot. So, uh, Check it out. See if it's right for you. And also to our sponsors over at My Patriot Supply, thank you very much. You can go to preparewithmacroaggressions.com. And take a look at what they have uh, available there. Four-week emergency food supply. They also have a three-month emergency food supply. I think we need to start thinking about these things. If you're not preparing with macroaggressions, then prepare on your own, man. Just do something. Buy some extra rice. Get some some of canned, uh, canned green beans. Get, you know... Think about it. Be proactive. Be proactive on all of this stuff. You don't want to be reactive. If you're reactive, you're stuck with all the sheeple people, you know, because they're going to be reacting and they're not going to be reacting. Well, I assure you, they're maniacs on Black Friday, stabbing old ladies with pencils so that they can get a, you know, a $19 DVD player I mean people lose their minds on stupid shit think what's going to happen when the food runs out are you kidding me you don't want to be anywhere near that stuff so start being uh, proactive be a a month or two ahead uh, you know early as opposed to being a couple days late. Just go to preparewithmacroaggressions.com, take a look, see if it's right for you. What's the worst that happens? You're stuck with a bunch of delicious food that will last you 20 years? Oh no, we should be so unlucky as to have that. And uh, it takes me into the topic for today. It's not just about preparing. It's, not, it's, it, it's about thinking. Thinking. Thinking about w- where we're going to go and what we're going to do. Uh, thinking about, uh, you know, we just had Mike Cobb on the show from ECI Development. He's, th- he's, he's building projects in Central America. And he's been building that before all the shit hit the fan in the U.S. But But he knows that his target audience are people that are planning ahead. They're thinking about maybe getting out of their country of origin. Having a backup plan. People, you know, they want to get educated on uh, residency programs. What does this mean? You know, can I be, how does this work? So it's about education.
1: It's always about education, right? I mean, it should be. We are
0: in in a, a unique position here in the middle of 2021. Where it seems like the more educated you are on a topic, the less anybody wants to talk to you about it. You know, they're, they're looking for somebody that just agrees with them. They don't want you to have an actual original thought. They don't want you to have a well-researched, uh, you know, uh, look at, at, at a certain topic. They, they, don't want, they don't want any of that. They want you dumb and emotional. They really do and that is the that is absolutely the worst position to be in when you're making decisions decision making you want to be educated, you want to be unemotional you want to get as many of the facts as you can you maybe you want to do a pros and cons list of whatever it is, but that's how you think about things that's how you make real decisions. take the emotion out of it. It's not to say you're you you become a robot. You've got to consider everything, but if you're making a decision because you feel rushed or you feel scared, the chances are that that'll be a bad decision. And part of this decision-making process has to do with you you know how you're raised. Are you raised to learn how to think properly or are you raised to give the teacher the answer that she wants on the test? And, uh, there's too many kids that are going through schools that are being taught what to think and not how to think. And that will come back to bite us for sure. Because the people in positions of power, they don't want you to know how to think. They just want you to do what you're told. It's as simple as that. And in the United States in particular, why would you why would you have any faith in the education system? The school system here is a disaster. You know, George Carlin said it during one of his stand ups, you know, we, we started with Head Start program. That was like the in the Reagan era. head start, and then it became no child left behind. Something's amiss here. <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't know that it's accidental. I don't know that this is a product of, uh, oh, it just sort of slipped through the cracks. I think it's intentional. I think they don't want you thinking properly. They don't, they, they, they want you to, to, to know how to work the machines, as Carlin says, but not realize how badly you're getting fucked. And the education system inside the United States, you could be as, uh, um, Enthusiastic as you'd like about what you think the education system how it's doing, but that doesn't matter because the cold, hard statistics show that we are falling way behind in the world. I have got to read this headline i 've got to read well part of the article and 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 I want you to just understand that this is not from the Babylon B or the onion back when the, you remember the onion when it used to actually be funny. It's not funny anymore. It's kind of stupid, but you know, those, those parody sites, those new sites that are supposed to be, that are meant to be funny. Like Babylon B is hysterical. This is not from the Babylon B. This is a real headline. Are you ready for it? Baltimore high school student fails all but three classes over four years. Ranks near top half of class. Ugh. This kid <laughs> has a GPA of 0.13. Not 1.3. Not that that would make it much better. But point. One, three. He got Fs in all his classes except three. They don't go into detail about which three classes he didn't fail. Though I was uh, I was curious, but they told this kid after he got, you know, he's like 18 years old or whatever. They told him he's got to start all over in ninth grade again because he failed so much. His mother his mother was completely caught off guard by this, totally in the dark. Her son failed 22 classes and was late or absent 272 days over his first three years of high school. Only one teacher requested a parent-teacher conference, but the mother said that that didn't happen. Despite this, her son still ranked 62nd. In his class out of 120 students. So what that means is that 61 of these kids got a lower GPA than 0.13. We are in trouble. Now, to be cr- To be fair, this is what the mother said. I think this mother is detached from reality too. She said, the school failed at their job. They failed. They failed. That's the problem here. They failed. They failed. He didn't deserve that. Lady, your son missed 272 days of school. You failed. The school failed too. Don't get me wrong, but you failed this as well. If you're caught off guard that your son has a 0.13 GPA, that's on you as the parent. But this, this news report went on to find that hundreds of students were flunking classes at this Augusta Fells Savage Institute of Visual Arts in West Baltimore Now, look, in the mom's defense, she says she has three kids and she works three jobs and she didn't realize her son was failing and all this stuff. Okay, look, I get it. You're busy. You've got all this stuff going on. Not buying the excuse, though. Stop that. You know, she says, I felt like they never gave my son an opportunity. Like if there was an issue with him not advancing or not progressing, they should have contacted me first, you know, three years ago. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. They should have. They should have said, your son is not here; he's missing in action. But this is sort of a this this is sort of a, a microcosm of where we are as a society. We've had this is Baltimore too, so Baltimore is a perfect summation of all of this because you've got you've got that you know what Bill Clinton did in the mid nineties with NAFTA where they outsourced all the industrial manufacturing jobs overseas that left a huge gap in blue collar sort of middle-class opportunities and jobs and things like that. It, it creates a situation where wages aren't rising fast enough. Uh, you know, the tax base is depressed and, and, uh, and you wind up having to work three jobs. And then, of course, Bill Clinton, also with his omnibus crime bill, uh, set about to target the black community and put a lot of them in prison on disproportionately long drug related offenses like criminalizing crack cocaine and and making mandatory minimums of 5 years for for rock cocaine as opposed to powdered cocaine because rock cocaine was viewed as a black drug whereas powdered cocaine was a white drug and there's all this devious shit where these politicians get together like Joe Biden and Bill Clinton and figure out how can we put all these black people in prisons on long stretches which by the way when you get a 25 year uh sentence through the omnibus crime bill you're just getting out of prison right about now and so this mother in this situation here, it's a black woman living in, in Baltimore, an area ravaged by drugs, no opportunities to her credit, working three jobs, busting her ass, not able to, you know, she says she didn't, didn't know what was going on with her kids. I don't totally buy that, but this just is kind of a perfect summation, though, of what is what you're forced to do. And kids slip through the cracks. And then you take that, but that's on, even in the, in the best case scenarios, kids slip through the cracks, don't show up to school, start screwing around, um, get into gangs, do all that stuff. You know, there's a million things that can go wrong, but now you throw into the mix common core and. Common core is a, is an education system that was, that was unfurled on the Obama administration by the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. Now that they, they told, so what Obama did with, with common core was, um, kind of par for the course with Obama. You know, he was a, he's a deceptive snake. Who really, uh, I think, gets off on destroying the world? And Common Core is is a time bomb on America, on the American education system. It's a time bomb, and we we are going to have the dumbest kids in the world. Statistically speaking, we're halfway there. We're we, we're we're in the middle of the pack uh statistically speaking in in math and and uh, uh you know according to the what they call the the program for international student assessments Pisa they test fifteen year olds around the world in twenty eighteen the United States ranked uh eleventh out of seventy nine countries in science and thirtieth in math well well in math well below the average And, um, it, it's not, uh, it's not getting any better. It's a downward trend when you look at it, but common core is not helping. It is, uh, creating, it's creating situations where children do not feel that they understand math. And then they go home and cry to their parents and say, I don't understand this. I don't want to go home. I don't want to go to school anymore. And this is happening quite a bit. Um, Bill and Melinda Gates organization has invested 173 million directly into the development of Common Core. Uh, and an estimated 2.3 billion in total funding has has gone towards what they call the common core standards. And what Obama did with this is he went to the states and he said, hey, you need money, right? For your schools, we'll give you a grant. We'll give you $50 million, this grant. Um, I don't think it was the same amount in every state, but in some states, I, I know that the amount was like around $50 million. Now, if you're a state and somebody offers you that much money for your schools, and of course you need it, then you say, what do I need to do? And they say, well, you just have to sign on to the Common Core curriculum. And they say, great, what's the Common Core curriculum? And they said, well, we're still working that out. Okay, well, when's it going to be worked out? Well, it's going to be worked out at some point in the future, but I need an answer from the state now. And the states were like, well... We don't know what we're signing up for. You said you don't have the curriculum ready, so I'm not quite sure exactly why we need to sign on to this if you guys haven't even finished it yet. And Obama said, do you want the money or not? And the state said, yeah. And he said, well, then, then sign. So they did. And they got the money. And then they got Common Core. And what did they get? They got a flaming pile of horse shit, is what they got, but they can't give it back and they can't stomp it out. They tried to give it back. They said, oh, oh, now we see what this common core thing is all about. No, thank you. We'll pass. We're not interested. So what did Obama say? Give me the money back. Where's the money? Schools were like, well, I mean, we done spent the money, man. I mean, we had needs for the money. He said, well, then you're in. (laughs) You either give me the money back or you take Common Core. And so they had to take Common Core. Joseph Stalin said something. I mean, maybe Barack Obama said it as well. Education is a weapon whose effects depend on who holds it in his hands and at whom it is aimed bill gates has spent a fortune on common core and i think now everybody knows who bill gates is we we've we've known for a while it's not a not a, a massive secret to us but to the normies out there that think, Oh, he's just this guy who wears sweaters and he's Microsoft and he was the richest guy. And, and, and he likes vaccines a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing the Monsanto thing with GMO seeds and he financed the seed vault and he's buying up all the, uh, all the farmland and he wants to block out the sun and you know, that guy, and he wants you to eat fake meat and and bugs Guess what else he wants to do? He wants to control what your kids think. He wants to control how they learn, what they learn. This this never ends well. The Carnegies and the Rockefellers did this with the compulsory schooling system in the 1800s. They created that, not because they're good people. They're the worst people on the planet. They did it because they want to control the children and they know that if they get a couple generations of controlling the children, the children become adults and therefore they have now controlled the adults as well. They play a long game. It's an investment. It's planting a seed and then watering it with poison, a mind poison that is common core. They spent so much money on this, on this program, and yet the the guy in charge of the math component of it said, uh, "I'm not interested in in being a part of this." They had uh, early on in the development of the program, they had a, a committee was created called the uh, Common Core Validation Committee, and they had both uh, Dr. Sandra Stotsky and Dr. James Milgram early on, but both of these people later refused to endorse it. In fact, actually travel the country giving lectures, warning parents and teachers, too, uh, about the Common Core program. Think about that just for a second. That two people that were intimately involved in the creation of the Common Core program have come to understand that the program is so horrible that they have decided to travel the country and warn, on their own dime, by the way, and warn as many people as possible about this, this program. That's like a pissed off ex-girlfriend. You know what I mean? Dr. James Milgram, Stanford University mathematician and pissed off girlfriend. He said, how can you have mathematics problems that don't have a single answer or correct answer? Any answer is correct. Well, of course, the answer is mathematically you can't. That's what he said. Dr. Milgram is the only member of the validation committee with a doctorate in mathematics. And he states that Common Core is two years behind math standards in the highest performing countries and that Common Core fails to prepare students for careers in science, technology, engineering, and math. You know, that's fascinating. What is Bill Gates into? He's into science technology engineering and math and yet the curriculum that he's developed doesn't help in any of those areas don't you find that interesting i want to read you what dr james milgram said here here's there's two paragraphs it's important the core mathematics standards are written to reflect very low expectations more exactly the explicitly stated objective is to prepare students not to have to take remedial mathematics courses at a typical community college. They do not even cover all the topics that are required for admission to any of the state universities around the country, except possibly those in Arizona, since the minimal expectations at these schools are three years of mathematics, including at least two years of algebra and one of geometry. Currently, about 40% of of entering college freshmen has to take remedial mathematics. For such students, there is less than a 2% chance they will ever successfully take a college calculus course. But calculus is required to major in essentially all of the most critical areas, engineering, economics, medicine, computer science, the sciences, to name a few. That's Dr. James Milgram, Stanford University mathematician, doctorate in math, math. and he left. Actually, five of the 29 members of the Common Core Validation Committee refused to sign a report attesting to the standards, uh, that the the standards are research-based, rigorous, and internationally benchmarked. The validation report was released with 24 signatures and included no mention of the five committee members that refused to sign it. Now, do you want to know why these people are having a problem uh, with, with Common Core and refusing to sign it? Well, let me read you something from the curriculum coordinator, a lady named Amanda August, who can best be described as the dumbest person that i 've read about in quite some time, this is what she said and I, I I would encourage you to try to use the most rational part of your brain and think about this. This is an explanation about solving simple math problems, and I want you to just remember as best you can when you were learning to do math problems, and I want you to just envision what would happen if you told your teacher that you felt this way about math and just think what your, your teacher would rightly look at you like you'd lost your fucking mind. This is what this lady said. And I'm going to try to not laugh while reading it, but it's going to be tough, tough. I I assure you, but even under the new common core, if even if they said, 3 times 4 was 11, if they were able to explain their reasoning and explain how they came up with their answer really in words and oral explanations and they showed it in a picture but they just got the final number wrong, we're more focusing on the how and the why. We want our students to compute correctly. But the emphasis is really moving more towards the explanation and the how and the why. And can I really talk through the procedures that I went through to get this answer? And not just knowing that it's 12, but why is it 12? How do I know that? Uh So basically, if your kid is really good at bullshitting, they might have a chance with Common Core. Because according to this lady, if you can explain to her why three times four equals 11, you'll get it right, even if it's wrong. Because we're focusing on the how and the what. No! There's a fucking correct answer, and you didn't get it. You know that bridge you drive across to get to work every day? Do you know that the engineers that built that bridge didn't get partial credit for saying that 3 times 4 equals 11. They don't. They don't get partial credit. They get it marked wrong. You know why? Because it's wrong. The answer is incorrect.
1: Not in Common Core. It's just a correct answer
0: waiting to be discovered. If you can bullshit good enough. And you wonder why kids are coming home with their brains broken. Here's your participation trophy for three times four equals 11. Now, if you memorized it and don't show your work, you're only going to get partial credit. If you get it wrong and show your work as to how you got it wrong, which ought to be fascinating, by the way, you'll get partial credit too. So now you and and the guy that got it right are equals. The person that doesn't know shit, but showed their work how they to explain how they don't know shit is getting the same score as the kid that memorized the answer that knew that three times four equals 12 and wrote 12. They're getting the same score. Partial credit. Partial credit for math. This is, this is not going to end well. And this, this is what's coming. These kids are just starting to get through, work through the system. You know, they're just, this, this common core program has been going on just long enough, just long enough. And you know, you know what it leads to? It leads to this. This is recent. A California court has ordered the university of California to suspend all use of SAT and ACT scores in their 2020-2021 college admissions, siding with students with disabilities unable to access the test during the coronavirus pandemic. Let me explain what this means. A judge said that the University of California can no longer use these benchmark scores, these tests that you take, the SAT test in in the United States is the test that every junior in high school takes, and you get a score. It used to be it used to be you'd take a math and a verbal, and it, you could get a maximum of eight hundred points on each one for a grand total of sixteen hundred. That's why somebody gets ace the SAT scores; they get a sixteen hundred on the SAT scores, and that was like. You're super smart. Then a couple years ago, I think they added a third component. So now it's 2,400. So it's 800, 800, and 800, right? So you can you can get the these you get a score for it, and then that score isn't it's not the only thing used to for college admissions, but it's part of it i mean it's it's part of the criteria so some schools will say, listen, we're not looking at anybody under under twelve fifty or thirteen hundred or whatever if you're like Harvard or Yale, these deep state schools they're you know they're they're gonna you're not you're not even in the ballpark unless you're fourteen fifty and higher and things like that so so they set this criteria but but now in because of covid They're saying people are saying, well, we couldn't we couldn't get around to uh, take the test. So therefore, um, we should the colleges shouldn't be allowed to even take the test into consideration when when looking at admitting us into their schools. Like what? Take the fucking test. This is dumb. Now now that I mean it's just it's it's everything there's always an excuse I can't take the test because of covid did what does covid hate number 2 pencils why can't you take the test so anyway it it's but 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 let me ask a different question do you want to go to college i mean seriously when 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 i was going through this process it was just sort of like expected you know um i went to a, i went to a different i mean i had a kind of a different experience than most people i went to boarding school for high school so i i i haven't lived at home since i was like 12 um so it was different we we were most definitely all going to college from from there but and, but I, and I realized that my, my experience is totally bizarre to, to most people, but for, for most people, high school comes, you make the decision, junior year, senior, you know, junior year, am I looking at colleges? Am I thinking of going, you start that process of of applying, you start taking these tests, the SAT tests, a, a, a ACT tests, not in California anymore, um, People all you know there was there was talk these tests are culturally biased and things like that I don't know maybe they are who knows but but that was what you had to do right you would you would take these you would take these tests because uh that's how you that's how they measured you it was one barometer for measuring your level of commitment your level of intelligence or your understanding of how to problem solve but you know, w- school's expensive and, and, and you don't really get what you think you're going to get out of it. It is, uh, you don't get, you, you don't get a refund. You know, in the United States, it's, it, it, it's different than I, I would think in Europe and places. So it, the colleges are priced differently depending on a, a, a couple of factors. There's private Colleges. There's private universities. There's public colleges. There's public universities. You could be you could be living in a in one state and go to a, a state school, a school in your state, and because you currently live in that state, you pay a different price. You pay a lower price than somebody that lives in a different state and comes to your state to go to your school. So. There's in-state tuition as opposed to out-of-state tuition and things like that. There's community colleges. You know, like Chris Rock said, you know, here's $10 going to get my learn on. You know, there's that. It's a disco with books, as he said. So those are super cheap. And Joe Biden comes out and says, I think everyone should be able to go to college. We're going to make college affordable to everyone. Dude, community colleges is like 200 bucks. I mean, it's, it's pretty much affordable to most people in the United States. That's not what's holding people up. What's holding people up is, is actually finishing it. Cause if you go to like three years of community college and you don't get any sort of degree, well, then you might as well have been at, at doing anything else. I mean, so you go for a job interview and the employer goes, "Oh so have you you know college degree and go well I, I, I completed three years at community college <laughs> What does that tell the employer okay, first of all, you didn't finish if you unless you got an associate's degree in which you you can get after two years, people look at an associate's degree like they look at it, like a haircutting degree you know they go, Who fucking cares about this they don't see that as a as a barometer of, of, of your level of determ of a dedication, you know, the way they see that with a four year, four year uh, degree, it's, it might not be fair, but it's, it's the facts now. So m- trying to measure whether or not it, it is worth your time, money, and effort to get a college degree is, is different for everybody. It really is. I went to USC, which is University of Southern California for college. That is a uh, private school that was super expensive. I was not one of those kids that was able to just write the, you know, whose family was able to write the check and just have this. go. I had student loans and financial aid and grants and, and all that stuff to, in order to make it work. And I was struggling, you know, I struggled. I struggled on, on the financial part. But what's nice about that, and I can attest to this because I had it happen to me, is that you know sometimes those college degrees will open doors for you. And if you're trying to get a job in Southern California and you have a degree from the University of Southern California, in some cases it kicks the doors wide open for you. There's a lot of nepotism that happens because of that. Uh, I, I, I was hired for a commercial real estate job because I was alive, breathing and went to USC. It turned out to be the worst job I've ever had. But, but I remember the guy that hired me went to, was a USC graduate. And once he found out, he's like, Oh yeah, what's going on? Great. woo, cool. You know, the whole tone changed. So there are some times that, that there's value there. We watch this. Obviously, you see in Wall Street, investment banks and things like that. You have an Ivy League diploma. You're going to get consideration. But is that fair? No, I mean, it's probably not fair. But is it reality? Yeah, it's reality. Definitely. So, but But, but do you want to participate in this? Now, admittedly, when I went to school, I was there. I was at USC from from ninety to ninety five. It was not a woke university. We did not have safe spaces. Fuck, there was nothing safe about USC at all. To be honest with you, the whole campus was not a safe space. You know, it's in South Central Los Angeles. I mean, you get cars stolen. Daily, there. I mean, it, it, so so it's a different time. Do you want to go, or if you have kids, do you want to send your kids to some liberal arts college where they're going to come back and, and tell you how their whiteness is uh, something that they should be ashamed of, and that they want to tear down all the statues, and that they think that you know everyone in the family should now be vegan because they read an article. Like, do you want to participate in that? Oh, and 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 pay for it for years afterwards. You know, something something funny happened when when they were running Biden out there for president against Trump. Biden was saying, you know, we're we're going to talk about cutting student loan debt and re- waiving the student loan. Man, let me tell you something. If you voted for Joe Biden because you thought he was going to make your student loan debt magically disappear. You are a grade a sucker, man. You don't know anything. If you believe that I'm sorry to break it to you, but you've been had the guy that for 45 years took all his money from the credit card and financial services industry in Delaware, a state where there's no corporate tax, where they, where everyone incorporates in Delaware so that they can get involved and and have a a better tax situation where all the financial institutions have headquarters there. Shouldn't say all many. And you think that guy, the Senator from Delaware forever and ever who took all his money from the credit card companies and who passed legislation to make it illegal to discharge student loan debt, Through bankruptcy? You think that guy's going to make your student loan debt disappear? What gave you that impression? Because he told you he would? Are you that stupid and naive that you would believe a political candidate running for president when they said they were going to do something? I mean, you if you voted for Joe Biden thinking that your student debt was going to go away, I hope it doubles on you. It's never going away. Don't you understand who you're dealing with? The cost of college is astronomical these days. And what do you get in exchange for it? There are places that are hiring just about minimum wage employees that have master's degrees. You have to have a master's degree in the United States to teach, to teach school. I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive. I know it helps. I'm almost positive it's a requirement. I should probably know this. But why? If you're going to go dig yourself $100,000 worth of debt to get a $30,000 a year job, you're bad at math. You haven't thought this through. Or you're so like, you know, into uh you know you may, maybe you're just maybe may, i don't know maybe you're maybe you're just uh a do-gooder who wants to save the world one student at a time good luck with that i suggest you temp first before you do that because you will find what 40 percent of teachers find that they are out of there after five years within five years uh no thank you low pay
1: overworked
0: kids from with parents who don't give a shit about them i had a friend in las vegas who taught at a i describe it as an economically disadvantaged school in a rundown part of town who had 28 kids i think in her second grade class you have the parent teacher conferences you know they they block off a half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever for each each kid's family and they set up the schedules right you come in at this time and you come in the, at you know 45 minutes later and then and you're going to meet with the teacher and we're going to go over your you know Johnny's doing well or Johnny needs help in this and how are things at home and all 28 kids scheduled for that one parent showed up one You you you're a do-gooder you get out of college You go get your master's degree add that to your list of of student loan debt and then you take a job At a school district and you think it's going to be great and you're setting up and you need thumbtacks Oh, do we have thumbtacks? Oh, no, you got to go buy those yourself You want to set up your room, decorate your room. You need all this stuff. You got to go buy that out of your own pocket. How do I know? Because I've been on those trips where we had to go buy the school supplies. I remember saying, your school doesn't pay for this. Why? No, we got to do it. If we want to make, if we want it, we got to go, go do it. Good luck. Teachers work a thousand hours a year in America. Compare that to Japan where teachers work 600 hours over the course of a year and 550 hours in Korea. But so we overwork the teachers. We underpay them. We give them common core as the curriculum. We put too many kids in their classroom. We make them buy the school supplies themselves. They get no support from the administration, not much at least. And then we act surprised when our kids come out of school and they're not doing well. What? Please explain to me what part of that equation gave you any hope at all? Were we just going to wish that our students were better and smarter? and doing doing more and this is not a this is not a an honest strategy this is wishful thinking
1: but what about what about some alternatives here i mean do do your
0: kids have to go to that school can they go to a charter school charter schools are different can they be homeschooled? Have we have we considered that option? I've had David Rodriguez on the show from the Gatto Institute. He's doing things differently. They're taking a different approach to schooling. People that are interested in that should uh, go back through some of the you know one of the the archives and find that interview. You'll find it with David Rodriguez. Talking about school, homeschooling, unschooling, these different programs that they have available. It's a it's homeschooling it has shot through the roof after COVID. I think everybody got a little taste of what that was like. I think some people said, "I don't want to send my kids back to these um, indoctrination camps, these government schools." I think it's important for us to refer to them for, for as what they are. Not, not calling them public schools anymore. Call them government schools. State-run schools. That sounds even worse. That's how you should refer to them. State-run schools that don't have air conditioning. They've expanded so much that they're, they're, they've, they've converted trailers into classrooms. This happens at all schools. What about trade schools? What about that as an option? You know, you spend four years in a college. I can attest to this. You spend four years in college and you come out and you know, everyone says, oh, great. Now you're prepared for the real world. I was not prepared for anything after four years of college to my shock. I thought I would be ready to take on the world. I was not. All I knew how to do was give the teachers the answers they wanted. And even in that, I struggled. Because... I didn't always want to give them the answers they wanted. I wanted to give them the answers I wanted. What about the role of online institutes like Khan Academy? You you can learn just about anything online. There's plenty of educational opportunities for kids in video format. There's plenty of, of companies that do this. You know, there, There's franchises, Huntington Learning Center and places like that, where kids can go after school to get additional education, to get reading help, mathematics, computer science, things like this. I mean, we're moving into a digital age. That's undeniable. We're going to allow kids to fall so far behind in the things that Dr. Milgram was talking about science and com- computer science and actual science and physics and engineering and all these things that kids are no longer eligible for because they can't pass the basic math components this is a recipe for disaster it's undeniable the rise of university of phoenix uh, online institutes right places like that devry We would, you'd see in, in America, you'll see these ads like on daytime television, you know, like, like during the week, like on a Tuesday at like one o'clock in the afternoon, you'll see ads for university of Phoenix. Why? Because they know that they're advertising to people that probably aren't in school and might not even have a job. Might, might not, they might work nights, but, but still that's their target market is hit them during the day. Hey, sitting around doing nothing. Why don't you come take, come sign up for University of Phoenix, which by the way is not a university in Phoenix. It's an online, it's an online institution. You can get your diploma in your pajamas, they say. And how fucking American is that? (laughs) They know us, don't they? Get your, while you're, while you're eating your, your supply of donuts after your vaccination, sitting around in your pajamas, you big dummy, come go to uh, University of Phoenix and get your learn on. <laughs> go to Trump University. <laughs> I think it's been sued out of existence. What about apprenticing? Seriously. What about interning? What about this? What about learning a trade? Trade schools. They're, it's a thing. I mean, I don't mean to be Judge Smales. The world needs ditch diggers, too. But I mean, the world needs mechanics. I have a college degree. I can't fix my engine. If my engine goes, I'm totally at the mercy of a mechanic. Okay. Now, people might say, well, those mechanics, they're not so bright. They didn't go to college. That mechanic is what's separating me between me and my car working. Okay. That guy's a genius. As far as I'm concerned, a fucking genius. He's doing things to the cars that I can't do. There's no shame in that. There is zero shame in that. That is a viable job. That's a job. That's going to be there for a while. As opposed to getting your degree in 17th century women's lit, which is good for absolutely fucking nothing, including working at Starbucks. Which now you probably need a master's degree in that shit to get to get a job there. So, so our relationship with education is changing. In, in part, it's being we're being forced to change it because of things like Common Core that are being pushed out through state schools. And, and then we see where the U.S. ranks, you know, versus the rest of the world. We're clearly going in the wrong direction. And you, you have to, you know, you, it used to be, well, we're, you know, I'm going to save up, save up for my kids college fund or my kid, you know, I'm going to help my kids save and they're going to get a summer job and put some of that money aside for college and all that. Do you want them to go to a woke university? Do you? Do you want an insane racist professor to, to teach your kids? what they think the world should look like. I'm not sure I want these people anywhere near my kids. I've got to read you some quotes from these, these people, these are professors. These are people tied to higher education and the things that they're saying. These are all 100% true, by the way, quote, I am James Spetta and i am a racist james spetta law dean northwestern university you know have you seen this where they're making these guys cuck out and 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 apologize for their whiteness in some what can best be described as some like i don't know p- public Hari Kari ritual or something. It's weird to me. Uh, Emily Mullen, executive director, director of major gifts, Northwestern university quote, I am a racist and a gatekeeper of white supremacy. I will work to be better. Emily, you're also an embarrassment and probably not as racist as you is, or you're being told you are. (laughs) Here's Kate Slater, assistant Dean Brandeis university. All white people are racist. Did I mention Kate Slater is white?
1: She is. Praya Manvada
0: Gopal, professor, Cambridge University. Abolish whiteness. I'll say it again. White lives don't matter. She's so envious of white people. You can tell she wants to be white so bad. You just know it. Oh, this one. Th- th- this is a good one. Dr. Aruna Kilinani, certified psychopath, Yale School of Medicine's Child Study Center. This is Yale for you. You might have heard this recently. It, it was on the news. This is what she said. Yale School of Medicine, Medicine's uh, Child Study Center dr aruna i should say this is a doctor saying this i had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way burying their body and wiping my bloody hands as i walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step like i did the whole world a fucking favor i'm not so sure i want my kid going to these universities They may have to pay you to send your kids there. It's certainly not going to be paying for this indoctrination. So college professors are being fired because a student saw a word in the textbook and, the, and, and that professor required the class to, to, to read the textbook and it made them feel all icky inside. So, so, so that teacher's got to get fired while others in positions of high power at the universities are fantasizing about murdering white people and nothing happens to them. The university system inside the United States is a joke. It's the laughingstock of the rest of the world. So the woke universities are slitting their own throats with this behavior. And good, fine. I have no, no pity for them. Not going to hold out any sort of hope that they turn things around. Let them. But they need your donations, of course, including Harvard and Yale, which are sitting on billions and billions of dollars in endowments. They always need a little bit of extra money. They're like a factory for the deep state turning out. Programmed automatrons that will keep the power structure in place. Colleges and universities are becoming indoctrination centers. They're turning out a bunch of socialist weirdos that need safe spaces. They're completely unprepared for life in the real world they want the real world to change to fit them instead of the other way around if you're listening to this and you're outside of the united states i'm curious to know what your i'm just curious to know what your relate what your take is on this like how is how are the school districts and school systems different in foreign in, in countries that aren't the united states i mean i'm obviously here in the US a bit US centric to this all and i see the wheels coming off i see that there's never been more student debt what you get for your money is is diminished value you've got the inmates running the asylum you have talk of critical race theory being taught now and young you know to young kids which is racist you're either a a a victim or the oppressor i mean it's horse shit but it's being taken seriously because now everybody's afraid to be called a racist i'm not afraid to be called a racist there's a couple people that have taken shots at me in the com in the in the rating section of the podcast and have called me racist and everything i i don't care i i literally don't care This isn't race. It's not racist to say that critical race theory is stupid. It's, being, it's, it's a, a, a careful analysis of it. It's stupid and racist. It's the most racist thing that's being taught right now. But if you say that in certain circles, then you're the racist for saying it. It's upside down world. And we wonder why kids come out all fucked up get your kids get your kids out of these government schools it's going to turn them into uh to something that you that you is unrecognizable to you for all of us that are older older you know like in that age range where we have kids of our own the the school system that we see today is unrecognizable there's almost no comparison to the way it was when we were kids and that's not a good thing. You know, you're supposed to evolve. You're supposed to get better and, you know, things like that. I, I don't feel that. I don't see that. I don't believe that at all. It's getting worse. The, the only question I feel is, is it by design? And when you take a good hard look at Common Core, the only answer that you can come up with is that it is absolutely positively planned to blow up in your face the way it is and it's sad Stalin knew it Hitler knew it give me control of the textbooks give me control of the children and a generation and i've got control of the country and that's where we are these kids that come through common core and go through the woke universities they're going to be running things at some point and that should terrify you it certainly does for me if you like this episode please rate it (laughs) give me five stars please and then if you want to call me a racist in the comment section i don't give a shit it's kind of funny oh it's just so exhausting don't you think but i hope you enjoy the show and please share it with your friends and family because that's the only way this information is going to really get out there thank you all and i will talk to you all very soon
1: Safety leadership is more than complying with rules and regulations. It's creating solutions that are relational, inspirational, and transformational. With that in mind, the Board of Certified Safety Professionals and the leadership experts at Dale Carnegie brings you My Big Safety Challenge, a podcast featuring insight from proven safety leaders for tackling today's industry challenges and influencing positive outcomes in your organization. Real people. Real stories, real impact. Listen at mybigsafetychallenge.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, round 2. Name something that's
0: not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. <laughs>
1: 18 plus.